I'd like to start just uh, with a, a brief word of prayer as well. So if you will, bow with me. Father, help me this morning to bring a message that would help those here come closer to you. Help me to bring a message that delivers the word that you want us to hear. But more importantly, open our hearts and minds so that we will receive that message and it will truly make a difference in our lives. Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Turning adversity into opportunity, as you can see, is the message this morning. But before I start that, I, I want to talk to you about managing expectations. Managing expectations is something I do on a daily basis. And, and quite frankly, we probably all do on a daily basis. But I want to give you an example. Some friend tells you about a fabulous new restaurant in town. And they sell it to you. It's the greatest place. The food's wonderful. The atmosphere is great. The service is off the charts. That weekend, you go to the restaurant, you go in, takes 20 minutes to get seated, the appetizer's cold, and the service is just okay. And because you went in with expectations that were way up here, off the charts, you're disappointed. But you try a new restaurant. No one's told you about it. You don't know anything. The sign looks good from the road. You go in. The food's decent. The service is okay. And you think, wow, that was a great experience. I want you to start today with those second restaurant expectations. Turning and an opportunity. If you would, let's take a look at the verse that we're going to use this morning. It's Romans 5, 1 through 5. If you've got your Bibles, you can certainly turn and go through it with me. If you don't, you can see it here. My eyes aren't good enough to read from the screen. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. First of all, let's talk about what's adversity. Wow, that's tough to see. Adversity defined, this is actually, you know, everybody always comes up and goes, Webster's Dictionary defines adversity. as This is actually off dictionary.com. But adversity is adverse fortune or fate. A condi I have to stop there. If anybody's my age or older, weren't you always taught by your English teacher that you didn't use the root of the word in the definition? I don't know where that goes. But anyway, a condition marked by misfortune, calamity, or distress. An unfortunate event or circumstance, and their example is you'll meet many adversities in life. And I think that's probably as true a statement as we'll ever see. Synonyms are words that are the same. Those sixth graders in the room can tell you what a synonym is. 
catastrophe, disaster, trouble, misery, or see affliction. And then I think the thing that's most defining or, or, or really lets you know what adversity truly is is the antonym or the opposite, and that's prosperity. And where are we prosperous? But what is adversity? I want you to think about examples of adversity in your life. Take a minute. Just think about what are examples of adversity in your life. And the... What's the right word? The real reason, the real idea where this came up with is is a good friend of mine, and, and the reason that I'm standing here talking to you and you're suffering through me instead of getting a good message from Pastor Matt is because he's suffering through adversity right now. Um, probably one of the more adverse things you can think of. Man in his 30s, faced with cancer, not for the first, but for the second time. But what adversities do we face in our lives? And what are examples of those adversities? And don't change the slide yet, Blaine. I'm, I have more than you do. But what are, those, what are those examples? I mean, it could be big things like sickness. It could be troubles in your relationship. It could be financial troubles. Um, you know, they say that's, that's the leading cause of, of divorce is financial troubles. Uh, it could be loss of a job. It could be a traffic jam, making you late for work. I laugh about that every time I commute. Ten years now, and yes, I'm not from New Mexico. I apologize for the accent. I, I laugh every time I drive to work and they talk about there's a traffic jam on Paseo when I'm originally from Dallas, and that would be going to the first corner out of your home in Dallas. But traffic jams, adversity in life. Okay, we've now all kind of thought about things that are adversities, things that, that strike us as difficulties, sickness of a child, and I, I'm not talking about cancer, I'm talking about a cold or a sniffle, we have to stay home because they're running a fever, and that's the way the schools work, you have to stay at home if the kid runs a fever and you can't go, uh, they can't go back in until they've been clear of fever for 24 hours and you're thinking I'm missing a day of work while I'm having to stay home with them, those are things that we look at as adversities. Um, Maybe our boss is overbearing. We go to work and we have to deal with someone that we don't want to have to deal with, that, that they're overbearing or they don't see our point of view or we're different from them in the way that they think. But what I want to talk to you about today is not what adversities are, but how we take adversities and turn them into opportunities. And the real key here is how we handle the adversity. You see, if you take adversity and you look at it the way that God means to look at it, and we're going to look at this as we go through here a little more, but that's adversity is an opportunity to turn bad into good. Think about how we react to adverse conditions. Think about how you react to adverse conditions, and we're going to come back and talk about that. One other thing I want you to think about is when you're faced with an adverse condition, whose choice is it what the real result is? Think about that as we go forward. I want to give you a, an example of a person in our history that you're all going to know 
who faced adversity. This person faced adversity his entire life. Here's a timeline. Beginning in 1831, you're going, wow, who is this? And some of you will know immediately who I'm talking about. But in 1831, this gentleman had his business fail. In 1832, he decided to run for the state legislature of his state, and he was defeated. In 1833, another business failed. In 1834, a little bit of success, a little ray of hope, he was elected to the legislature in his state. In 1835, his sweetheart died, causing him subsequently to have a nervous breakdown. In 1838, he was defeated for Speaker of the State House he was in that he had been elected to in 1834. In 1840, he was defeated in another election. That's a typo. I apologize. I didn't catch that. In 1843, he was defeated for Congress. He ran for U.S. Congress. In 1846, a little bit of success, he was elected to the U.S. Congress to serve as a congressperson from his state. In 1848, he was defeated after having won Congress. You know, that's a two-year election cycle. He decided that he'd run for Senate eight years later and was defeated in 1855. In 1856, he ran on the presidential ticket and was defeated. He was the vice presidential candidate. He was defeated again, and in 1858, one more time he ran for Senate and lost again. Now, let me ask you a question. If you ran or did all of these things, lost your sweetheart, had a nervous breakdown, lost 8 out of 10 elections, don't you think it'd be time to quit? Don't you think it'd be time to do something different? Well, I pose to you, this gentleman did not and became arguably, became arguably, the greatest president we've ever known, Abraham Lincoln. If you've never read the story, go back and take a look. Abraham Lincoln lost his sweetheart, had a nervous breakdown before he married his wife. Some people say never got over that trauma. Went through all his losses in his life and then became president of the United States in 1860 when what? We were about to fall into civil war. And his administration was defined by probably the most adverse situation in our entire country's history. A civil war. We're fighting a war today, but it's not a civil war because we're not fighting our own brethren. We're fighting in a foreign land. Probably no more adverse situation than a civil war. And because of his resolve... Obviously, we stayed together as a union. Part of the reason that I chose this as an illustration is not just because of the litany of adversity and rejection, but because of the choices that Lincoln made as a result of those where our country is today. And obviously, we're not perfect, but... We wouldn't be where we are without those choices. So he used adversity and turned it into opportunity to hold our union together. Now I want to ask you a question, and 
I'm not real good at being that guy. I'm more of a talk to you back and forth, let's have a conversation kind of guy. Why do we face adversity? Why do we face adversity? Is it because of something we've done? Is it because of sin in our lives? Why do we face adversity? I would pose to you that everyone is going to face adversity. It's not a result of sin in our lives. It's not God's way of punishing us for something we've done or have not done. Adversity is going to face everyone, whether they're a follower of God or not. No matter how they live their lives, adversity is going to come. Once again, the difference between one set of folks and another is how those people react to that adversity. I hope you can all agree with me that, that adversity in your life is not a result of something you've done. Am I right about that? That's not a punishment for something that, that we've done. That's something that comes along. If it's not, I'm not the guy to go to, but please, as soon as Matt's able, go sit down with him and let him take you through the Scripture and show you that's not the way it works. Because it's not. You cannot sit and think, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, I, I've been through adversity. I lost my mother to cancer early on, and I remember thinking, God, why are you doing this to me? and then realizing you're not doing anything to me. This is not about me. This is about you. Why do we face adversity? That's the first thing you have to remember, and that's, that's part of the reason I'm making a, a very important point about this is we will question our relationship with God through adversity, and it has nothing to do with it. In fact... That adverse condition should be your call to draw nearer to God. Because the only way you're going to get through that situation with any amount of comfort is to draw nearer to God. Where do you think your strength's truly going to come from? Paul's charge to Timothy was that everyone would face adversity. 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 12, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them, in fact... Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus will be persecuted. It, it's scriptural. This isn't the Bible. I'm not good enough to turn and find the verses while I'm doing it. But it's scriptural. We're all going to face adversity. But I can tell you one thing. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we're told, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Hey, Matt, I guess that makes you a pretty strong man, huh? But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out that, so that you can stand up under it. I didn't think about that until just now. Sorry to kind of call you out there. He won't give us anything more than we can bear. 
If you can rest assured that one, we're all going to be tempted, but two, we're not going to be tempted with more than we can bear, that gives you enough in and of itself to get through it, doesn't it? Refer back to those two things. Now I want to take you back to Romans 3 and 4. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. It's hard to believe that anyone would rejoice in suffering. When's the last time that one of us rejoiced in a time of suffering? Think about it, seriously, I I want you to be a little introspective here. When's the last time that you rejoiced in suffering? I know until I read this, I, I I don't know that I have. Rejoicing in suffering, it's almost counterintuitive, right? doesn't make sense. Why would you rejoice in suffering? But right here it says, because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope is opportunity. Explain, if you will, what is opportunity? An appropriate or favorable time or occasion. A situation or condition favorable for attainment of goal. A good position, chance, or prospect as for advancement or success. And I want you to key in on number three. A good position, chance, or prospect as for advancement or success. What are we called to do on a daily basis? And I am looking for an answer here. In God, what are we called to do on a daily basis? Serve Him. What are we called to do? As followers of Christ, what is our commission? To spread the word. To spread the word to other followers. What better opportunity, key in on that word, what better opportunity to spread the word and key in on those folks who need it more than anyone to be able to do it in times of suffering. When is truly your opportunity? When things are great? When things are going well? When we've got everything we need in abundance? Or when people truly need the word? What's your opportunity? A good position, chance, or prospect as for advancement or success. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to advance the word of God. I want to share a couple more scriptures with you about opportunity. In Galatians 6.10, it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let us do good to all people. In James 4.17, it says, Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Good's an, we have an opportunity to do good. We have an opportunity to take advantage 
of suffering, of bad situations, and turn that opportunity to good. And in James it says if we don't do that, we sin. So I would tell you that not only should we react positively to negative situations, but we're called to react positively to negative situations. That we're called to take negative situations, to take adversity, and turn them to the positive. Matthew 5, 38 through 42. And I know I'm taking you quickly through a lot of stuff, but I want you to get the full picture here. You have heard, this is Christ speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. I really don't want to use personal examples here, because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But we have a choice in how we react to every situation. We have a choice. One of, the, one of the lessons I'm trying to teach my children on an ongoing basis is not to say it's not my fault, I couldn't help it, I didn't mean to. We have a choice in how we react. We've been given guidance, if you would put Matthew back up, we've been given guidance on how we should react. So now we know that everyone's going to face adversity. Everyone's going to face adversity. Adversity should be seen as an opportunity. And we have a commission, a call, to use every opportunity that we have. And how we react to those opportunities is our choice. What do you think is the greatest story of adversity turned into opportunity ever told? What's the greatest story ever told? Say it, Juanita. Christ dying on the cross. Greatest story of adversity turned to opportunity ever told. Jesus came to earth, lived as a man, died as a man, on that cross, so you and I could have everlasting life. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to. He had to for you and I. But at any moment, could have been plucked out of that situation. But used adversity beyond anything that we've ever had in comparison. Publicly mocked, scourged. Walked through the city carrying his own tool of death. Hung on a cross and died so that we could have everlasting life. What better story of adversity turned to opportunity could you ever hear? You couldn't. No better story. 
But we all have our own stories of adversity and opportunity. I want to share with you just something quickly personal in my life. 22 years ago, I was going to college, thought life was great, having fun, doing the stuff you do when you're in college, and my roommate hurt his back. This guy's six foot three, weighs 280 pounds, played lineman on the football team, hurt his back. Hurt his back lifting a six-foot table at work. Of course, anybody that knows me very well knows what happened immediately. Oh, you big sissy. Hurt your back. Come on now. What's the matter? Hurt back. Stays with him a week, ten days. He's not getting any better. Finally, I said, okay, I don't think you're a sissy anymore. You better go have this checked out. Oh, no, no, no. I'll be fine. No. You need to go have this checked out. Took him into the doctor, started looking him over. Little did I know that this big, strong, strapping buddy of mine had been born with only one kidney. And on the opposite side where the kidney was, where the kidney should have been, a tumor had developed. He had cancer. 20 years old. Big, strong, strapping guy, got to go through surgery, chemotherapy, radiation. I'm not moving home. <laughs> what do you mean you're not moving home? I'm staying right here. I'm not moving home. Jeff, I can't, his name was Jeff. Jeff, I can't take care of you, buddy. I'll be all right. I'm staying right here. Anybody who's ever been through that with a, a friend or a family member, you know, they put the, the port in to be able to deliver the chemotherapy. It's a, a device inserted directly in. And, and if you've ever had the, the misfortune, I guess, of having to deal with that, although I guess today we'd call that an opportunity, but if you've ever had that opportunity, you know that, that that's not always a, a pleasant thing, that that has to be cleaned and dressed. And here I am, 20-year-old kid, with my 20-year-old buddy, and I'm cleaning and dressing his, his port for his chemotherapy, and I'm bringing him garbage cans when he's being sick. And, I, you know, I actually did really well through the entire experience until one day he sits down in a chair, and he gets... <laughs> you guys remember when we had uh, uh, grocery sacks that were not made of plastic? <laughs> He gets a paper grocery sack and folds it over and begins to pull his hair out and throw it in the grocery sack. And it was at that point that I just couldn't take it anymore. And I mean, you know, there's nothing like seeing a six-foot, you know, back then a whole lot lighter, but 200-plus pound guy ball like a baby. Eventually it got to the point where he got sick enough that we had to send him home through all of this, we continued to go to church together. In fact, it was he that got me back in the church. I mean, you know, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday, I was in the church from the time I was that one size until I left home for college. I didn't go when I first went to college. He got me going again. 
Well, we're going through this together, and I'm talking about having faith and facing adversity and that you've got to do it through the Lord. But I wasn't really living that life. I wasn't really living that life. And Jeff finally said to me, Dave, you need to examine what you're talking about because what you're saying and what you're doing are two different things. And that very week, I got up, I went before the church, I confessed my sin, and I said, I can't continue to say you've got to lean on the Lord unless I'm going to do it myself. Now there's a, another picture of turning adversity into opportunity. It just didn't come the way I would have thought because his adversity brought me an opportunity. And that was an opportunity to get my life right with God. What adversity are you going to use to turn into an opportunity to get your life back right with God? What opportunity are you going to look for and seek out to get your life right with God? And if your life's right with God, and I pray that it is, what adversity or opportunity are you going to find to help someone else get their life right with God? Now, I didn't tell you that story to make you sad. I told you that story to show you that through any adversity, there's an opportunity. Because I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be married to the girl I'm married to. I did say girl. I wouldn't have the children I have today if it weren't for that opportunity. Because if I'd continued on the path I was on, she wouldn't have married me. She wouldn't have put up with me. What adversity are you going to turn into opportunity to get your or someone else's life right with God? I want to close in prayer. Lord, I appreciate the opportunity today to come and, and speak to this group. It was a pretty heavy subject. Not as light as I normally would have liked, but I think it was what you called me to speak on today. I hope that through this message, someone somewhere will find an opportunity out of adversity. I hope that someone somewhere will find the opportunity to turn their life either to you or back to you. Lord, I just hope today that that message has, has touched someone's heart and that it's done someone good. Lord, I pray to you today that after we're done here, you take everyone home safely for the fellowship of their families and that they don't have to face adversity, that they have a blessed day, a blessed week, month, and year. But if they don't, help them to remember your charge to them to turn adversity into opportunity. Jesus, in your name we pray this. Amen.